1: run your law firm the right way way. this is the Maximum maximum lawyer podcast your hosts jim hacking and tyson mutrix let's partner up and maximize your firm welcome to the show welcome back to the maximum lawyer podcast i'm jim hacking and i'm tyson mutrix what's up jimmy Oh Tyson, we got a special episode today of the old Maximum Lawyer podcast. We have a friend, longtime friend of the show, one of the OG MaxLaw members, Morris Lilienthal from Huntsville, Alabama. He's doing so many cool things on social media, and he's inching into the podcast stream, and he wanted to talk to us about it.
2: What's up, guys? I appreciate you guys having me on today. I'm excited. This is gonna be fun. You're, you're kind of flipping the tables, right, Well?
3: Yeah, I thought I'd, I, I thought we'd flip the script here and see if I could put you guys on the spot and ask you some questions because um, I think it's something that other people may have uh, interest in uh, considering the success you guys have had with this podcast and with the Facebook group. So, kind of give the audience an idea of what why I you know reached out to you guys is I was asked to speak at a, at a conference coming up first quarter of next year, and it's a conference. It's a marketing conference. It's put on by AAJ, the um, American the Trial Lawyers Association, American Association for Justice, and it's their marketing conference, that their winter conference. And I'm going to be uh, asked to be speaking on what they call the nuts and bolts of running a podcast. And I run a Facebook live show that that I kind of turn into a podcast. But what I really wanted to do was I thought, you know what, what a better way to, to find from people who are running out to them, get feedback from them on certain issues, that would really give me some insight from y'all's perspective, people who are running successful podcasts, to provide my audience with feedback on these are some of the key things that I think you need to be aware of and think about if you're wanting to put together your own podcast in 2020. So that's what I'm here for. And I, and I just want to, if you guys are ready, I want to jump right into it. So I guess, you know, the first thing that I, that I think, you know, would be important is if you see somebody wanting to, to do a podcast is the theme of the podcast. And, you know, what I thought is that you've got a variety of themes out there. You could do a legal theme like you guys do. I think you could do um, a non-legal theme, you know, maybe community interest or something that you have an interest or a hobby in. But, you know, what my thought was, be, I think you need to think about your audience. And, and is there an audience out there for the content you're wanting to create, people that are going to engage with that content? So kinda of wanted to, to, to you know get your feedback from general perspective, certainly why you started a legal podcast. I think I know a little bit why, but what your thoughts are is that there are other lawyers out there in creating non-legal podcasting if you think there may be some traction for growing their influence on social that way.
1: Yeah, well I think I think thinking about your audience is definitely a good approach. I think that a lot of people start a podcast because they think it's cool and hip and something that they should do. And they don't really drill down to figure out who their audience is going to be. So I do think that the less that you're talking about the nuts and bolts of practicing law, as far as, like, the ins and outs of particular cases, it's going to be much more interesting. You know, our friend Stephen Lefkoff just started a podcast about the things that lawyers do when they're not practicing law. And I think that's really interesting. And you and Bernard both have shows that are not about how great a lawyer you are or about you know, the, the ins and outs of trial practice. So I think that um, thinking about your audience and really drilling down as to why am I doing this? Who is going to listen to this? Why are they going to listen to it? Why are they going to give me their time? You know, our greatest commodity right now is time. And with a podcast, you know, in the old days, there were just a few podcasts. Now there's thousands of podcasts, and people can find stuff to listen to on any given topic. So why are they going to listen to yours? Yeah, I agree. I think it's important to think about your audience as well.
3: And I think certainly you've got to have something you've got to have a passion for. But, you know, if you have a passion for uh, shoestrings, I don't know that there's going to be a big audience for for, for discussions on sneaker shoestrings. Tyson, what do you think, bud?
2: Yeah, something that one of the first things that Jim and I did was we sat down and we, we kind of figured out what we thought our audience was going to be. And Jim, I don't remember if that was before we started or it was after we were a few episodes in. But once once we got a little bit of traction, we we definitely were okay. okay we're like, what audience do we want? But I think something else to think about though is kind of where you're headed with it, because that's something that Jim and I didn't really do. We tried to, but we didn't really know where we were going with it. We we really didn't. And Jim, you may disagree with that, but we we wanted to know where we were going. But it was kind of, what do we want to do with this thing? But if you can know where you're going, it's a far better way of of sort of structuring this because you can then set up benchmarks and everything else. But this has grown in a way that I don't think Jim and I really even expected. It's been kind of amazing. But I also find it fascinating the lawyers that do the non-legal stuff, though, because it it can tend to be a little more entertaining, and and that may draw more ears. I don't know. I've I've never done it, but I I do find it interesting that if you – you do something non-legal, but they know you as the lawyer. I think it can be beneficial. I've never tested it out, so I don't know if it works, but I think it could be fun to do.
3: Yeah, I I agree with you. You know, That's the kind of the theme of my my Facebook Live, and I think that's, in essence, what it does. It allows me, and I know Bernard, I think, feels the same way about his show, that it allows us to engage with members of our community locally and abroad and on certain topics, and allows me to tap into their audience and share their mission and their story. And it's you know now allowed me to connect with other people to get to a point where now I'm being asked to, to speak at conferences, which is the whole next level of things. Which is going to write what you're talking about, Tyson. Which was you know my, my initial goal was to start down that path of having a show and then trying to make local connections and meet new people, sharing nonprofits. But with it, you know further down the road goal of trying to to get to be known more of an authority on this subject, where I can be invited to speak on things.
1: Yeah, um, Mo. I think I think one thing to keep in mind for your for your audience when you're presenting and something that you need to tell them is it's going to take a while. It's going to take a while to get some traction, and that they really need to be in it for the long haul. You know, Dean Jackson said to me that he wishes when people start creating content on social media that they couldn't look at their stats for the first year. That they just should put their head down and start creating content and you know, it'll, the audience is sort of like that hockey stick where it's going to be slow, 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 and then it's going to shoot up. And so I think that people have to be patient.
3: I, I agree
1: 100%. I, you know, if you listen
3: to Gary Vee, sometimes you talk about him creating, talks about creating original new content and don't worry about the views and the interaction to start with and do. And I think that's you know, certainly something that I think it's, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And if you're looking to, to do this to, to grow engagement and interaction in three months, then don't start. And I just don't think it's possible. And it's taken, you know, you guys, what are you guys? Two two and a half, three years in now?
2: Yeah, we're three years in. And I, I think no. part of it is is you have to you have to schedule it. You have to be consistent about it. That's how you mm-hmm. do it though. That's that's if you if you if you want a big takeaway I think from this episode, it's schedule it and do it every week. And I guess you have, to, you have to determine what format you want. Do you want a daily podcast? Do you want a weekly podcast? I think a monthly podcast is probably worthless. I think it needs to be at least weekly. But scheduling it, Jim, if we hadn't done this weekly, we, I, mean, we, I mean, we've not missed a week. I mean, we have not missed a week in almost three years. So it's all about us scheduling it and making sure that we have one in the can every single week. And sometimes we're scrambling to get it done, but we make sure we get one done each week. And that's, that's
1: crucial. I think it's the number one thing, the number one thing that has attributed to our success is that consistency because if you miss a week, then people are going to look elsewhere on their phones for new content and they might just move on past you. Luckily for me, someone who's a three out of ten on follow through, Tyson's very regimented and good about making sure that we never miss. But that's, I think, the key to the entire thing is consistency and not looking at your stats. I agree. I mean, I, I've seen that with, with the things that I
3: do on social from the tips that I do and, and the most and the show as well, that it's something that I think people come to expect you and see that and want to stay engaged with you.
1: And if you stop doing it, you're going to lose that engagement.
3: I think that's huge. And I totally agree.
1: Mo can, can I go back to another point that Tyson was just talking about, um, about whether to do a daily or a weekly, or I think you have to be at least weekly. I think daily is probably overkill. Um, for most people, I, I know that guys like John Lee Dumas have built a big following by doing one entrepreneur interview five days a week. I think that's a grind and a slog, and it's going to be hard for people to keep that up. And then I was listening to James Shramko the other day on one of his podcasts, and he has tinkered with all sorts of numbers: five a week, one a week, three a week, two a week. And what he said is that, based on his numbers, that two a week is is the ideal. So Tyson and I are shooting to grow into two a week. Um, we're going to start off by adding some content from some of our conferences, but I think that one a week, as you're starting out, is is more than enough.
3: Yeah, I agree. I, I think that's that's ideal. And um, but again, the, the thing is consistency and doing. I don't I, like I said. I think you've got to be to be continuing to put it out there. So when you start to slowly build that audience and that engagement, there's got to be something for them to continue to latch onto. Because as you pointed out at the beginning, Jim. There's so much content out there now, it's changing so rapidly. You know, everybody is, seems to be latching onto this podcast area that I think you've got to have good, engaging content, but you've got to be there. It's no different than, than you know, what you guys talk about, health and wellness. Issues that I have, you know, struggle with, with, my, with my wellness, with my fitness, is consistency. That's eating right and working out. And I think it's the same thing with, with, with doing the podcast.
1: Thanks to our sponsor, Smith AI. Smith AI is a superior receptionist service for law firms, trusted by many maximum lawyers, including me. At my immigration practice, the hacking law practice, Smith's friendly U.S.-based receptionists respond to potential clients in English or Spanish, screen and schedule new leads, and even take payment for our consults. The best part is that they don't just handle these conversations by phone. They also have live agents and chatbots capturing leads on our website through their chat widget. They serve as our friendly gatekeepers while my team and I work uninterrupted. We get new clients and we get work done. How awesome is that? If you're in a solo or small firm, I know you'll appreciate this. Plans start at just $70 a month for calls and $100 a month for chats. They even offer a totally free chatbot, so there's no excuse. Try SmithAI today and see for yourself why attorneys like me say Smith AI receptionists are the secret to business growth. SmithAI offers a free trial and maximum lawyer listeners get an extra $100 discount with promo code MAXLAW100. That's maxlaw A W one zero zero. Sign up and learn more at www.smith.ai. Trust me when I say don't let another day go by. Try Smith AI. I want to be mindful of the time and try to hit
3: a few other topics
1: that I wanted to hit on that I think
3: I'm able to provide to my audience with the presentation that I want to have the listeners interact with as well. Talk about technical real quick. I've done you know podcasts with you guys. Uh, I've done... Podcast with uh, Larry Weinstein, another member of our group, who started a, a podcast recently, CPA uh, for Lawyers podcast kind of thing. And then I've done one in person with someone, so I know you can do them remotely, like we're doing now. You can do them in person. What are some technical stuff that people need to know about it? You know, in terms of you know technology or ideas on how they need to record it and you know intro, outro, that kind of thing. Can you give us just a quick one minute snippet
2: from each of you on that? Sure, I'll jump in. So I, I might be able to summarize it for for both of us. Something that, so Jim and I tried, we tried Skype, we tried a bunch of other things, and we would forget to hit the record button, we would forget to do it. Like there would be technical issues all, all, all around, and so what has worked for us for the last two and a half years, more than that probably, is using Uber Conference to record the calls. Frankly, it's not as good as an audio quality as some of the other platforms, but it is allow, it has allowed us to be consistent we hop on the call, and we're, we, we start recording right away. We're using Blue Jeans right now to do this. This will give you better audio. Um, you can also do video with it. But Uber Conference, Jim and I are traveling a lot sometimes, and so we just can hop on the phone and, and start recording with our guests. So as soon as you hop on, it starts recording. There's no hitting a button or anything else. But uh, it, it's super easy. The quality's not as great. Uh, we do use microphones whenever we're in our offices. So that that does help with the audio quality, but it's not as when you're on blue jeans, it's just not as easy to record in the car. Once it's recorded and in the can, we have someone that edits it on the background and then and then creates the show notes and then publishes it through Libsyn. Uh, that's L I B S Y N and Libsyn. What what is that Tyson? What is That it like is to? it's the hosting service. It's basically kind of like your website's hosted on a certain place a certain place. Your web, your podcast is is as well. So that's that's the hosting service. I personally have a separate podcast for the firm where we explain the process for people, uh, the, the personal injury process, and I use Anchor. It's it is a very easy platform to use, but I, it's not as versatile. So you can't do as much with it. You're very limited. You, you the number of distribution channels that you can send it through are, are much more limited than Libsyn. But I just I want to basically just for my my clients, I'm not trying to get cases out of it. And so it's, I'm not as worried about distribution, but Libsyn is, from the people I talk to, the the majority of people I think use Libsyn, if not the majority, a lot of people. So it's an easy one, Um, but basically, so our tools are microphones for both of us, Uber conference, whenever you buy your microphone, let me back up a second, make sure you have headphones because if you don't, sometimes there's an echo. So make sure you have the headphones. Uber Conference, and then have someone that can edit it. We found our person on Upwork, and we basically just upload it, they edit it, and then publish it for us.
1: Awesome. So to, That's good stuff. Any Yeah, I mean, the only thing I would add is keep it as simple as possible. Your audience, Mo, are going to be lawyers. They do not need to be running editing software like Audacity to cut down on the ums and the uh to take out the gaps. They should not be involved in that at all. All they want to do is create the content And then let the people that work for them knock that stuff out. We just went through the whole process of finding a new person, new people to help us with the process. And we can, you know, you can certainly find those people like Tyson said on Fiverr or Upwork. But there's no reason why anybody should be involved in doing it. And if you if you make it as easy as possible, you're much more likely to, like Tyson said, be consistent and keep doing it.
3: That's that's my that's my preaching point with everybody that talks to me about social media and. Is, is consistency and keep it simple because if you make it difficult and, and more advanced then you're, you're less likely to do it and then you're gonna fall off and not do your daily or your weekly you know postings and things and then you're gonna get into a trap of just falling off next thing you know three four months later you're not doing it at all and then you know guys kind of talk about you know um, building engagement um, and doing I know that's something that's that's um, you know, when I when I try to do that, and I've seen other people, you guys do this sometimes. you all what I call pre-promote a show. Sometimes you know, getting out a graphic or a post on Facebook about a guest coming up, that um, you'll pre-promote it. You certainly post-promote the interviews and, and doing getting that out there and doing. And then I you know, you know, as the as the group is built, that one of the main things you've done to kind of help spread the word about the community is the Facebook group, which has a little bit different vibe than the, than the, the podcast itself, but also incorporates the podcast. Talk a little bit about the importance of trying to get the word out there, and again, knowing that you're not going to have thousands and thousands of views in the first
1: year probably. Yeah, I think for me the biggest surprise about the whole Maximum Lawyer endeavor has been the podcast, or the Facebook group, excuse me. You know, we've seen so much engagement and growth in there. As you know, Mo, you remember how it was when we first started. There were just probably 20 of us. And so to see it grow like that, it just lets you – Spread your message and share I mean we have we've had all kinds of people join the Facebook group lately and they're in the group They're active for a while and then they go. Hey, there's a podcast related to this. What's that all about? So I mean there's people posting in there 24-7 There's lawyers asking good questions and so I mean you might not be able to get a good Facebook group going about uh, DUIs or something but uh, because people aren't gonna want to you know raise their hand and say hey I, I have a DUI but if you, if you come up with something that is community available, I think that's, that's good. The other thing I want to say real quick is that podcasting is different than all the other forms of media these days, I think. I think there's a reason why radio was so successful, and I think that it, this is just an, a new extension of storytelling, and, you know, our most successful episodes are ones where people come on and tell their story of their struggles and their successes as lawyers, and You know human beings are built for storytelling and and for story receiving and so to have someone in your ear while you're cutting the grass or working out at the gym um mo you post regularly in gratitude for some of the episodes that we have after you've been at the gym and so it just allows you to scale yourself and your true personality comes out after 300 episodes you know people come to what we call no like and trust you obviously and it's just there's no better way of building rapport on a massive scale, I think, than podcasting. And so I think that when you give your talk, you should really emphasize that for people. I love it,
3: and I do. And I think I think you know if you're looking to build engagement through a podcast, that I think you need to you know as Mitch likes to talk, Mitch Jackson likes to talk about sharing your why. You know that I'm you, you know you guys know that I'm passionate about that, and that was kind of the impetus behind my, my show, my Facebook Live show, and that I think you know. If you watch enough episodes of my show, or you listen to my tips from other that comes out, and having listened to you know scores of, of y'all's show, that certainly comes out for each of you guys, and the rapport between you guys comes out, and, and it makes me you know really enjoy interacting with you guys, and I love y'all's back and forth, and genuine, but it and, and, and it, but it's funny, you just you just have a great rapport with each other. What about that too? Do you, do you think that there's you know I know from both of you in terms of having a co-host, would you? definitely recommend that or do you think it just depends each person
2: it's kind of like with like work, you know you were talking about working out before it's kind of like having a workout partner where you have that consistency i think it helps with the consistency i don't i mean jim gives me credit for being consistent i don't know if i would be as consistent if it weren't for him and vice versa so i think having that person there honestly i don't think you have to like the person i think there are, are there are hosts of of radio shows out there and TV shows where people don't like each other and they, they still have a really good podcast. Jim and I happen to, to really like each other so it, I think it does help a little bit but it, let's say you've got a competitor in your market you and you can have them on your podcast. I don't think it really matters that much but um, having that person helps with consistency for sure. I do want to step back a, uh, a second with what you asked uh, before. Cons- with, with all this the most important part wherever your community is is having a community because that's what has built Maximum Lawyer, is having the community. So I think you have to focus on the, the quote-unquote customer, um, so the, the listener, what what do they want, but also the community, because I think that's what has helped the most.
1: Jim, what do you think? Well, I definitely think having a partner is a good idea. I wish I had um, done a little better job of picking a partner. Um, the one I got stuck <laughs> with, is, it's sort of hard oh. to get rid of him now. <laughs> No, uh, no, for sure. Having a partner makes you more accountable. You know, our friend Gary Berger has a podcast. He's a plaintiff's lawyer with a defense lawyer, and they actually talk about the ins and outs of depots and discovery and all that stuff. And I think they have a little following, and I know they've gotten feedback uh, in the courthouse. So I think having that partner, you know, it's really hard week after week to stand there and talk into a microphone, you know, um, having a guest certainly makes it easier. But, you know, some of our best episodes are the ones when it's just Tyson and I talking about what we're struggling with. And um, that's sort of how the whole podcast started is like we were having these great conversations back then about Infusionsoft and firm management and marketing and still trying to get them to do a newsletter all these years later. These are the kinds of things that we were talking about. And and we just said, why not record this and and put it out there? Well, I think,
3: you know, one of the things that you're all talking about is talking about community and thinking about your audience. But you found a need. There, there was a need out there when you got started this three years ago for solos and small firms that needed community to be a part of for informational managing their firm and marketing. And you guys have, have more than filled that need. And now the community feeds itself. And I know that's what you talk about in the Facebook group. You guys used to have to encourage uh, engagement. And now you guys really don't have to. You still do, but not, not to the scale you probably had to You know, when you first started the Facebook I guess, you know, be mindful of your time. I want to kind of wrap up with, you know, what, what is one thing you wish you knew when you started the Maximum Warrior Podcast that you know now three years later? If you could go back to Jim Hacking or Tyson three years ago, what, what would be that one pro tip or thing you would tell somebody who's looking to start a podcast? Hey, make sure you think about this going in.
1: Jim? For sure, I would transcribe every episode. I would start a database with my guests, my tip or hack of the week, everything that anything that you're going to want to be able to search later, because now we have that information in, bit, in bits and pieces spread around the interwebs, but really drilling down as to what is in that content, because that content has value beyond the podcast itself. You might want to repurpose it later. You might want to put it into a newsletter. You might want to make uh, an email newsletter out of it. And unless you are digging in and transcribing it and getting your show notes and all that stuff, your other links, Set up at the beginning. Now you're going to be like us with, you know, almost 200 episodes in, and, and figuring out. Well, do we want to go back and spend the money to go and and do all those things that I just mentioned? I love it. Love it, Tyson. What do you think?
2: And this is a tough one. I mean, this is so tough. I, I think, and, and I mean, we've already we've all, always done this, but I think just making sure you focus on giving, like the go whole, whole go giver mentality. It, don't focus on selling because I've, I've seen so many podcasts where they focus on selling to people and people don't like it. They just don't like it. So I think if you just focus on providing value and giving, it's going to benefit you way more than, it, than than the dollar you might make on on a couple people that might buy your product. Because I think, because we don't, we don't sell anything, you know what I mean? Like, we, that's not what we do uh, and we wouldn't, I don't think we our community would have grown if we were just trying to promote stuff the entire time.
1: Tip. Yeah, Mo, and another good tip, thing to keep in mind is if you're recording a podcast, make sure to put your dog outside. That way, you don't hear him barking in the background when you're recording. I no, I was hoping you couldn't
3: oh, hear it. Unless it's a unless it's an, unless it's a podcast about dogs. You know, I think I think both you guys make make great points there. I certainly, you know, we you guys have talked about this throughout the years with with certainly new lawyers and people starting new firms is to make sure you have a, a mailing list and a list is to, to, to for people that you can. Disseminate marketing materials and stay in contact with. Similar here is, is on the front end of your podcast. Make sure you take advantage while it's manageable to have that content there. And I love that, Jim. And then I agree 100%. That's one of the things that I've talked to people about Tyson, about Maximum Warrior, when I've ex- expressed people to come to the conference and encourage them to come, is that there's no selling from the States. We've all been to conferences that are good conferences. But there's a lot of selling from the stage, and it just irks me. And I didn't pay to come here sales pitch. I paid to come learn how to manage and market my firm better. And, and I love that. And I think if you can be genuine and share who you are and share your guest and their subject, that's going to come across, regardless of whether you're focused on the law specifically or focused on the community or hobby interest podcast. I think that'll come. Guys, thank you so much for for taking the time to speak to me today and let me put you on the spot a little bit. And I appreciate your, y'all's hard work and putting this community together for us.
2: Thanks for having us Mo. So are we gonna do the, the, the wrap up? Cause if Let's so, do let's it. Do you're
3: it. on
1: You're on, Tyson, do it.
2: All right. So uh, I wanna wrap things up before I do. I wanna remind everyone, go to the Facebook group, get engaged there. Awesome people like Mo are there. Time's running out for the Zapathon. So make sure you, you register for the Zapathon. We're actually running out of seats quickly. So make sure you register. And then also make sure you register for MaxLawCon 2020.
1: It's gonna be amazing. Jimmy, what's your hack of the week? Right, so since we're talking about podcasting, I think that that if you are going to do a podcast, you need to start thinking about doing podcasting best practices. And I know of no place better to start when it comes to podcasting than Pat Flynn. Pat Flynn started Smart Passive Income many years ago, and if you really want to learn how to podcast, you could do a whole lot worse than spending some time listening and studying Pat's stuff. Um, he has a ton of free content on his website, Smart Passive Income, and if you listen to the first 20 or 30 episodes of his podcast, you'll lay the groundwork. You, you really want to become a student of podcasting to the extent that you can. You don't want to just throw some schlep out there. there. There is a rhythm to it. There is some magic to it, and you need to study it. It's not anything too hard or too difficult or too time-consuming, but you will be better off if you spend some time following podcasts.
2: Mo, what you got for us? Yeah, we talk a lot in the group
3: about reviews. I know you guys preach that here for a podcast. Another thing about promoting your podcast is about leaving, getting reviews. But I think on our firm, we've talked about that on here before. But I think one thing I'd I'd stress is making sure you respond to your Google reviews, all the positive reviews that have a response. I, I think that's real important to show that engagement with your audience that
2: may be looking on Google. It's a good point. And also Google is less likely to remove those reviews if you do respond to them. So that's, you're getting, you're getting the reviews. Now you want to keep them. So that's, that's crucial. Uh, My tip of the week is since we're talking about podcasting, I recommend putting three in the can and then publishing it. And the reason why is once a person listens to it and if they want to listen to more, they're going to want to listen to more right away. And you want to kind of hook them. So at least record at least three, but with this caveat, don't get too down in the weeds with this when you're recording. Just record and publish it, okay? Get it out there. I know Jim has given me crap before about you know another podcast I did, and I just didn't want to get it out there. I wanted to record a bunch of them. Record a few of them. Get it out there. Don't make this complicated. Record and go. Mo, dude, th- this is awesome, man. Thanks uh, so much for interviewing us. It's been kind of a weird thing, you know, the, the reverse interview, but uh, really love it. Thanks for coming on.
3: Thank you guys for having me. Thank you for all you're doing for uh, the Maxwell community.
1: Awesome. Thanks for listening to the Maximum, the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. To stay in contact with your host and to access more content, more content. go to MaximumLawyer.com. Maximum Have a great week and catch you next time.